everybody. Welcome back to Kitty Liquor. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. I am Cat Wonders, and this is episode 18. That's right. Episode 18, and <laughs> my robotic introduction. I braided my hair last night, went out for dinner with some friends, and this is the result. Eh. <laughs> Sometimes it turns out great, sometimes it doesn't. This is kind of an in-between right now at this point. Um, but we're just gonna roll with it. It's a little frizzy, it's a little wild, but I think that when you have hair like this, that's just what happens. And split ends, apparently. Um, okay, so right now there's some construction going on outside. <laughs> this is nothing new. I revamped my studio and uh, it is looking quite good, actually. And I've got all my sugar thrills lined up, sort of categorized skirts, shorts, dresses, corsets, lingerie sets, <laughs> set shirts, sweaters. Maybe I'll show you one day. So once again, it is hella hot up here in my studio. So if I get a bit of a moist upper lip, that's what's going on. <laughs> I'm wearing long sleeves, pretty stupid actually, but you know what? I like the shirt. I like the vibe it gives with my earrings here, my strawberry earrings. Uh, for those of you listening to this podcast, I have a video version on YouTube. Just go to my channel, Cat Wonders, and uh, you can see all the action because we're about to make a fancy concoctail. And I almost need to make an intro <laughs> for my concoctails, but I feel like it doesn't really need one. I usually get into it like right at the very beginning. I don't need this, or maybe I will actually. Hair elastic to put my hair up if I start sweating to death. Okay, so today we're going to mix some, a co uh, we're going to mix a concoctail. <laughs> And it's gonna be an adventure as usual. This time, I'm not gonna make it a blue. It's going to be more of a Shirley Temple vibe, but with alcohol. Some of these you have seen before. So I've got my Absolute Juice Apple Vodka. This does have sugar in it. So it's not just like an apple, what's the word? Like certain vodkas and alcohols are infused with like an essential oil or something that make them taste like, but there's no sugar. This is more of like a liqueur, but this is beautiful. If you could put a tap in an apple tree and like run vodka through its veins and then have it come out, this is what it would taste and add a bit of sugar. I really hope that that's not too loud. I have to leave my window open, otherwise I will melt. And the smoke. It's actually not bad today. Okay, so I bought these glasses from Urban Outfitters. They are so retro, I love them. And uh, it's a little pink tinged, so it might discolor our cocktail slightly. So you won't see the true beauty of it, but it's still clear enough. They, you'll be able to kind of get the gist of it. First thing is ice. And my Red Bull. So last week I drank a Red Bull Zero. I still don't know exactly why it's zero as opposed to this is like sugar-free. So this has aspartame in it 100%. Uh, the other one I think just had a different ingredient, maybe one that's healthier. Ooh, yeah, bring on the burps. My video editor, he's so used to cutting burps out of my videos. <laughs> Uh, okay, so anyway, we've got our absolute juice. I've got Fresca. This is, I grew up drinking this. I've consumed so much aspartame in my life that I'm worried about my future. But this is a classic staple I have in my house, usually in the summertime mostly. Then some grenadine, and then I've got some orange juice. Now this has pulp in it. I only buy orange juice with pulp if I can, if it's available, just because I like the chunks. I don't know, some people do, some people don't. And my accessories, and then of course, just my empty ice thing. Okay, first thing I'm gonna do is add five shots, <laughs> just joking, <laughs> some of this apple absolute vodka. I'm gonna just wing it, one and a half. 
<laughs> Maybe more like two shots. So two shots of this. I want the grenadine on the bottom, so I'm gonna put it in now. It's just a splash. Down she goes. Then I'm going to add the orange juice. All right, we got something going on there. It's a little bit of a sunset look. And a fresca. Can anybody else open one of these things without like at least one splash flying somewhere? Pretty. Okay, so I'll tell you what this reminds me of. I have to show you on the stand because off the stand, it's really. All drinks are done in injustice by not having a lighted stand. It Doesn't it look like a gorgeous sunset and like white clouds? <laughs> You guys are like probably so over that. Me coming up with some sort of scape for my drink. But it's so pretty and I love it. I'm gonna keep doing it. So if you don't like it, good thing I put chapters in the mix because then you can just forward past all of the cocktail segment and move on with the rest of the podcast. <laughs> but I don't know why you do that because it's awesome. Okay, so I forgot a straw and I don't wanna go get one. So I'm just going to find an accessory, mix it up and then drink it like a savage. Okay, so I definitely wanna use this. How long have these been around? I wanna know. These little paper umbrellas because obviously they've been around since I was a kid. These are special. I got these ones from Amazon. These, and then there's a bunch of different like colored ones. And also I got some umbrellas that look like palm trees, which I've used in other drinks. I almost feel like I wanna get one for this. I have to get a straw anyway. Nah, screw it, too lazy. Okay, now when it comes to accessories, this guy, this guy. I'm gonna use this one. I'm not gonna stir it yet. I'm just gonna gently insert the accessory. And then my little umbrella. All right, you guys, now it's time to name this thing. <laughs> the hardest part of the whole podcast. So it definitely reminds me of a sunset, clearly, but it's got like orchard fruit, oranges, apples, lemons. <laughs> so let's call this orchard paradise. Let me write it down. <laughs> I didn't include the recipe in the last episode just because I was like, who's going to make it? Actually, who's gonna make it? And if you really need the recipe to all of the cocktails, then please just let me know in the comments down below. Sometimes I feel like I'm doing work and nobody really actually cares. And then I'm, I get kind of lazy with it where I'm like, nah, is anybody to make it? Probably not. Um, orchard sunset. Hmm, I kind of like it. But how does it taste? I'm sure it's pretty hard to go wrong with something like this. If I had a straw, I'd blow bubbles to mix this up, but I don't. Save the turtles, don't use a straw. Chef's kiss. <laughs> so good. You know, I said something the other day to someone and I meant to say like chef's kiss, but I, what did I say? I said, <laughs> I said Swiss steak. <laughs> I was like, oh, Swiss steak. <laughs> and then my friend was like, wait, <laughs> excuse me? She's like, it's chef's kiss. And I was like, I think I kind of knew as I was saying it that it wasn't right, but I just followed through with it. Chef's kiss. This is super delicious. Let me taste it again. Whoa. Of course it's delicious. Orange juice, fresca, grenadine, and this delicious apple vodka. The apple vodka, I highly recommend. I'm gonna show you the bottle again because if you're making cocktails, 
at all for anyone ever. <laughs> it's just a really different flavor to add into your drinks, right? There's the classic lemon and raspberry and whatever, but apple is less common, I think, and super delicious. I'm gonna set her over here. Even though it's a bit opaque, the light is still giving it some sort of vibe. I'm just gonna move this stuff off the table and I'll be right back. Okay, so I am happy because the smoke has started to clear. And what tends to happen to me during like after a smoke season, after a smoke summer, I should say, my body then, it's almost like quitting smoking and you start hacking up a bunch of shit from your lungs. Like your lungs are kind of healing. and get it. So that's what's happening to me now. I know I'm always complaining about phlegm, whether there's smoke, no smoke, but it's, it's ramping up, amping up. Is it ramping up? or amping up because it's starting to clear and then my lungs are finally like, okay, we can get back on track here. I got my kitty here and stuff to degrease my face. Am I rebel? Basically the smoke has started to clear and so have my lungs. And that's what happens every season is the smoke starts to go away and then I start to like hack up the damage <laughs> that has been done to my lungs or breathing. Like I think I did hear that it's when it's really bad is equivalent to like smoking 12 cigarettes a day. So I figured if I'm gonna start smoking, it better be like, might as well be now. This is like already insult to injury, right? <laughs> okay. So my week went back to Kelowna and had a rockin' time. I actually rented a wake boat and we have friends with wake boats and you know, like have lots of fun doing that. But this time I rented one for about six hours. I wound up maybe being a little longer and we just had the time of our lives and it was so fun and so great. And wake surfing is something that everybody has to try. So we did that. There was an evacuation notice. So at any moment we could have gotten a call to say get off the water like we have to evacuate right now just because there's a fire burning I think under 10 kilometers away and it was coming this way because the wind was like blowing <laughs> I was like okay are we are gonna be safe here and so the water was quite smoky but then by some miracle the wind shifted and started to blow the smoke the other way so then the smoke pretty much cleared I shouldn't say it was it wasn't totally clear but it was close sun came out and it was just so much fun and uh Highly recommend. Oh yeah, also there's a place called Scandia in Kelowna and it's go-karts. There's like a baseball cage. Of course, there's an arcade, mini golf. So my sister and I were like, we're hitting this place up and it was so fun. And uh, we decided to go back again, <laughs> but it was kind of rainy and we thought, well, the go-karts are gonna rip today. Pretty much when you're on these go-karts, the track is pretty nice. Like it's a pretty decent track and the go-karts go a decent click. Yeah, the wet track made it a little more skittish. There was a lot more spinning going on but it was definitely fun went for oysters one night raw oysters is my jam that's my favorite dinner if i could choose anything it's that second night we went for sushi which was also extremely extremely delicious anyway it was super fun weather was great super hot and we're entering another heat wave here where it's a little scary just because we haven't had enough rain to you know make the bush safe for fires <laughs> it's tough because you have people over you're like out camping and you can't light a fire and it's like a huge part of camping or being out in the wilderness is lighting a fire. To me anyway, like if you don't have a fire when you're camping, what the hell, you're going to bed at like 8 p.m. If you have a fire, you're up till three. <laughs> you know what I mean? It definitely changes the game. But as for right now, still no fires. And uh, we are 
Hopefully, I'm gonna get some rain. I think Tuesday it calls for rain, but I have no idea what will happen. So I was telling a friend about the situation and I decided that it was definitely necessary for me to share it. She was actually encouraging me. She's like, you gotta just say, mention that on your podcast. From the age of like 11, 12 years old, I ha had acne. Like it was not super bad, like not bad enough to where I went on Accutane, but I was close. And it was just a thing like hormonal for sure. It was shitty because both my parents, like neither of them ever had a pimple in their lives. <laughs> See, perfect skin. For me, it was different. And just, you know, as a young girl, very hard on the confidence. And, you know, I wanted nothing more than to have clear skin. So fast forward years later into my 20s and um, late 20s. <laughs> I mean, I'm only 29, but <laughs> I was at the doctor for another reason. And the doctor said to me, okay, well, here's your prescription. And I just have a question. Um, what are you doing about this? <laughs> and I'll never forget how he was like, oh, what are you doing about this? And I was like, about what? And he's like, your acne. <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh, I don't know what to do anymore. Like I've tried it all. I've tried ordering topical treatments and proactive and spent a ton of money on some light therapy and, you know, just trying to deal with it. He said, okay, well, I'm going to write your prescription and uh, go ahead and give it a shot. He says, but make sure you use it for six weeks. Like don't stop halfway and decide that it's not working. Um, Even if it does flare your acne, he said to me that it shouldn't make things worse before it gets better. Like it's not like an Accutane where you just blow up and then it goes away, but use it for a full six weeks and then decide, you know, what you want to do. So I started using this product. I was hopeful, but doubtful. <laughs> Is that possible? But I was ready to just try anything. So it's basically, it's called clindoxyl gel or benzoclin, I believe. Benzoclin. Anyway, it's a topical antibiotic and you're not supposed to use it for long periods of time. So it's a topical ointments, ointment. It's not supposed to dry your skin out and all these. So I was like, this sounds too good to be true, right? Because other topical stuff dries the shit out of your skin and it's got like salicylic acid and actually benzoyl peroxide is the one I'm talking about. Salicylic acid is different. Anyway, so I gave it a shot and I used it and I didn't notice any difference for the first three weeks. Week number four, I kind of noticed that my skin was, I hadn't had any fresh breakouts, but I knew right around the corner was the time of the month and I would be getting a breakout. So come week five, when I would be getting a breakout, I didn't get a breakout. I was like, wait a minute, is this stuff working? So week six, the final week I knew that it was working for me. And I'm telling you, when you have hormonal acne, nothing helps. There's nothing that you can put on your skin that helps because it's coming from the inside out. So even though this is an ointment that you put on top of your skin, that's why I didn't think it was gonna work because it has like an antibiotic in it, it really freaking worked. So long story short, it essentially cured my acne. I didn't actually have to go back onto it ever again after that, it's just kind of stopped. And it could have been a coincidence, sure, that that's when my body just decided to stop torturing me with pimples, but it got got me fired up and I was like, this is actually incredible. So of course, everybody that I knew that I was close enough with, I told about this and they have stories about how it worked for them. And also this is like the part that is kind of funny. I wish somebody would have told me about it sooner. I wish a doctor would have mentioned it. I can't tell you how many times I'd been to the doctor about my issues with my skin, dermatologist or whatever. Nobody ever, ever brought this stuff up. And I don't know why, right? Because it is a prescription and it's not like they're not making a dime on it. You know, it's kind of like doctors that don't want to prescribe anything natural because they want to sell you something kind of. But this wasn't the case. So I didn't understand. And it wasn't, it's not a new product. 
So I thought to myself, I wish somebody would have come to me back in my early 20s or just when I first started to get acne even and said, hey, try this stuff. So I was out for dinner for sushi once again, and our server had full-blown acne, you know, like really bad. And um, the last thing I wanted to do was make her uncomfortable by being like, hey, you have pimples. <laughs> Let me tell you some. I had to figure out a way like strategically to approach this person. Clearly, you know, suffering with acne and probably miserable about it. And because I don't know anybody who's happy about it. And I thought to myself, how would I like to be approached? And so I came up with this plan to be like, look, you are so beautiful. I had acne like really bad acne. And this really helped me. And I wish somebody would have come to me with this information. I'm kind of paraphrasing, but that's pretty much essentially. I started off with like, you're so beautiful. And then kind of gave them a little piece of paper with the prescription. I <laughs> got some kind of doctor <laughs> or just to talk to their, ask their doctor about. So I did it and she was actually super receptive and very thankful and like, and I never followed up because I was in a different town anyway. And then, um, but I did it two more times and both times um, they were very gracious and very like, you know, because I wasn't doing it in front of other people. It was kind of like, oh, when they were walked over there. And, and these people were people that were working. So it wasn't like I found somebody random in the mall and was like, hey. So anyway, that's my spiel about clindoxal gel or benzoclin. If you yourself, one of your children, cousins, one of your grandkids is suffering from acne really bad, just maybe bring it up to them to bring up to their doctor, right? And I don't know all the ins and outs of this drug. I don't know. I shouldn't say drug. It sounds weird, but it's like a topical ointment, right? But you have to get it prescribed. So get them to ask their doctor because this is something that I haven't heard talked about in any YouTube video or whatever. I'm not sure if it's even available in the States. I know Canada and the US have like some different rules with things, but check it out because you can really make a difference in somebody's life and make sure you tell them that they have to use it for six weeks. Because for me, I would have probably stopped using it at like four because that's a month. That's a lot of time, but and went through with it. And there was no reason to stop. Like, I think it makes you a little more sensitive to the sun, but it didn't dry my skin out. Didn't affect my makeup, like pretty much a miracle product. Putting it out there just because I had such a wonderful experience with it. And um, I'm definitely an advocate for an advocate, an advocate for, you know, feeling and looking your best. And if you're happy with having a breakout here and there, that's fine. But for me, I wasn't. And, you know, there comes a point where your skin stops healing as well as it did when you were younger. That's why I have acne scars. <laughs> if I would have heard about this stuff earlier, then I wouldn't, right? So I'm sure that you've heard me talk about Paul Stamets on this podcast before, but if you have never heard the name, Paul Stamets is a, I believe he's a scientist, a biologist, maybe a lot of other things, but he's a mushroom specialist and specializes in fungi, fungi, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and um, I first heard of him through a friend that told me about this podcast that uh, this Joe Rogan podcast with Paul Stamets, this guy talking to Joe about all of the interesting experiences he had and things he learned and things he knows about psychedelic mushrooms. And of course, I'm sure you've heard of microdosing and this is kind of becoming more of a thing now that marijuana has been legalized in Canada. I'm not sure if it's even every province, but there's more leeway kind of when it comes to the discussion of psychedelic mushrooms and because there's such a stigma attached to them and uh, when there doesn't necessarily need to be. And this podcast is definitely worth a listen. I will link the podcast. It's like almost three hours long, if it's not over three hours long. And it is such an interesting listen. And I mean, I wasn't able to listen to the entire thing. And that's the thing with podcasts are so great. You just like stop it and pick up where you left off. But this one is worth a listen. He actually did a second interview with Joe, which was less interesting, I think. Like they're both educational or whatever, but the first one, 
super, super amazing. Maybe I'll link both just so that you can not have to have look. <laughs> I'll help you out. So anyway, I uh, my sister told me actually recently that uh, there's a Netflix movie or documentary or whatever you want to call it uh, with Paul Stamets called Fantastic Fungi or Fantastic Fungi. I don't know the right way. I've heard it pronounced both ways. Uh, so it feels weird to like just pick one, but so interesting and amazing and all of the stop. Uh, what's the word? You know when you take a, a video of something and condense it really quickly so you could like see a plant growing? I would say like stop app photography anyway it's so interesting to watch these mushrooms grow and form and it's very educational very interesting and mind-boggling mind-blowing i mean a lot of stuff that i had seen in the uh, fantastic fungi documentary was you know discussed on the podcast but uh, a lot of stuff that wasn't and paul stamis is just kind of a, a cool chill dude like he's definitely an interesting guy and um, i feel like it'd be worth expanding your horizons by watching this and what really interested me, so I feel like I really sweat, was how they described like the mycelium, like the little finger hairs that come off of, that's a bad way to describe it, off the mushroom and into the ground and how mushrooms work alongside tree roots. And there's a whole system happening underneath our feet in the forest and how even root systems communicate with each other. So for example, say a great big, beautiful cedar, a few pine cones fall from the tree and a few more start growing around. These are kind of considered the tree's offspring and how the tree that birthed these other trees, their root systems kind of intertwine and they communicate with each other and they can even share nutrients, which I was like, what? <laughs> you know, and it makes it tough because logging is such a massive industry here where I live and there's so much waste. Like uh, this is another topic to, to bring up too. I won't get sidetracked, but you know, just the, the thought that there's so much going on that we have no idea about and we're still learning about. And there have been some recent discoveries with fungi and also in regards to filtering water and, and almost a way to vaccinate bees against certain parasites and like all this crazy stuff. So anyway, it's worth a watch. It's done really well and I'm really really happy that there's like a, a movie or a documentary like this out there because trying to explain these things to people <laughs> like you got to listen to this podcast people are like what a what is a podcast like they don't even know you know so um it's pretty tough to try to inform somebody you know because there's so much and uh, this kind of sums things up really well and i highly recommend it in fact you better watch this podcast and you better watch this documentary just because you need to know these things and they actually trace i shouldn't say they trace they've come up with a theory that we come from fung fungi Fungi. I think fungi sounds more right to me. <laughs> but yeah, watch it. And if you've already watched it or you know what I'm talking about, you know who Paul Stamets is, maybe you've seen the podcast, uh, let me know in the comments down below because uh, it's super, super interesting. Now it's time for a segment that I like to call Cat Fact. All right, so Cat Facts is a segment where I like to read interesting facts that I found on the internet. Facts that made me go, what? So here we go. More human twins are being born now than ever before. Do you get the feeling that there are more twins around these days than there used to be? No? Well, you should, because according to a new study in the Journal of Human Reproduction, the twinning rate has increased by one third since the 80s and from nine to 12 twins per thousand deliveries. Currently, that adds up to about 1.6 million twins born each year across the world, meaning one out of every 42 babies is a twin. Like that's, that's actually crazy. That seems like 
too much, but then what the hell do I know? <laughs> Helping drive this uh, is the increasing use of medically assisted reproduction and the delay in childbearing. Twinning has been found to increase with a mother's age, which makes sense because everybody's waiting till they're like 40 to have kids. For more pieces of trivia to impress your friends, okay, whatever, but that's interesting to me. And I was thinking it was gonna be something to do with like chemicals in our food or something, but. Uh, the heads on Easter Island have bodies. So, you know, like the giant, you know, Easter Islands. For those of you that don't know, there are giant sculptures of like heads here. I'll show you. For those of you listening to this podcast, um, you're just gonna have to figure this one out. But the iconic stone heads protruding from the ground on Easter Island are familiar to most, but many don't realize that what lies beneath the, the surface. <laughs> Hang in there, you guys. <laughs> in the tens, archaeologists studying the hundreds of stone statues on the Pacific Island excavated two of the figures revealing full torsos, which measure as high as 33 feet. So it's not like they have like legs and feet down there too, but still, I found that interesting. This is something that I think is kind of cool that I never thought of, but the moon has moonquakes. Just as Earth has earthquakes, the moon has, you guessed it, moonquakes. Less common and less intense than the shakes that happen here, moonquakes are believed by US Geological Survey scientists to occur due to tidal stresses connected to the distance between the Earth and the moon. So it's actually the Earth causing, like the combination causing the quakes. Interesting, never thought of it. Okay, this I never read, but this seems interesting. Some people have an extra bone in their knee and it's getting more common. Okay, if you were under the impression that the human body has finished evolving, think again. It turns out that some people have a bone in their knee called a fabella. This particular little bone with an unknown purpose was once fading away over the last century and a half. It's gotten more common. Back in 1875, nearly 18% of people examined had fabella. That number dropped to 11% by 1918. However, by 2018, 39% of individuals had the mysterious bone, the fabella. So I'm not sure the size of this, but like I've seen some gnarly looking knees in my day. And I'm like, kind of looks like two in one <laughs> you know arthritis and things like that will do that but um do you have a fabella are you one of the 39 percent? how can you tell can you feel it can you see it <laughs> i'm not sure okay this i do because i'm gluten-free but pringles aren't actually potato chips the next time you see a can of pringles take a closer look you won't see the word chip anywhere on the packaging that's because pringles aren't made of thinly sliced potatoes but instead dehydrated potato flakes pressed into their signature parabolic shape that's what makes them less greasy but other potato chip manufacturers complained. The Food and Drug Administration ruled that Pringles couldn't be marked as chips. The company eventually settled on potato crisp. There's wheat flour in potato chip or in um, these Pringles, by the way. And I learned that the hard way. <laughs> so it's been about like seven or eight years since I stopped eating wheat. And because I stopped eating wheat, I went literally through a 30-day detox, like 30-day withdrawals, 30 days of withdrawals, I should say. And um, the reason why I stopped to begin with was because it was sort of trending, first of all. And I was like, oh, gluten-free, you know, thinking it's healthier which was silly, but I also was getting like a lot of fatigue right around 3 p.m. where I'd be like, I'd wanna fall like face forward on the couch. <laughs> Even though I'd done nothing, I'd had a good night's sleep. Just my energy levels were not right. So I thought, well, gluten-free, the literature wasn't out there yet about like how wheat 
affects your, you know, your system and your inflammation and things like this. So I didn't really know much about it. I just stopped eating wheat. And what I liked about it initially was that the idea of not eating all the garbage that I was eating, like Tim Hortons donuts, that was a thing. Maple dip, favorite ever. And then just like baking and other shit like that I just didn't need to be eating. So I knew if I stopped eating wheat, I'd stop eating this stuff too. So it was more of like a diet trend than a health trend at the time. So not even knowing anything about celiacs, I didn't even know. So anyway, I was just kind of blindly doing it. As soon as I quit, I remember the first three days after I stopped eating wheat, I literally had the worst headache ever. I felt like sick. I felt like I was getting the flu or like I had the flu minus sniffling and like sore throat and stuff like that. So I was like, God damn, like, screw this. This is shitty. <laughs> what am I doing here? You know, and I want to eat the donut. Like, what am I doing to myself? But what kept me going was the fact that I was having withdrawals. And I'm wondering, why am I having withdrawals like this? What is in this stuff? Like, why am I addicted to this stuff? Because if I were to stop eating dairy or something, I, I would not have this kind of reaction. So it really helped me push forward and continue with my detox. And I'm telling you, it was like day 29 that I kind of started to feel normal again. And and I'm talking, I had things from like night sweats, nausea, my stomach, I'd be hungry, like really hungry, not anyway, it was just a list this long of things that I went through to kind of purge the wheat out of my system. And then of course, after going through that, I wasn't about to go and eat a donut again. So I also felt great. And I was like, oh, I feel so good. But maybe it's because I just came off 30 days of like hell. And now I'm like finally in the clear, my the clouds apart and I'm like, woohoo. And I basically just continued to feel great. I just felt 50% better than I did before, which doesn't sound like a lot, but I felt pretty good before I went off wheat. It was just that three o'clock time. But I noticed when I was running my knee pain, because I was an avid runner, I was running like 10K every second day, a lot. My knee pain that I would have at the end of my run, I didn't have that anymore. And then I didn't write everything down, but there was probably about like 10 different changes that I noticed. No changes in my skin though. You know, like there were some things that didn't happen that kind of thought, oh, maybe this would, but it didn't. Uh, long story short, I've been gluten-free from that day forward. So about eight years ago. And I've learned over the years what wheat is, is hidden in. There is wheat in so many products that you would not even expect or suspect why it's in there fiber come on it's such bullshit anyway I've bought yogurt one time and there was wheat flour in the yogurt there is wheat flour in Twizzlers okay there's wheat flour in Pringles and so many other things soups you know I can't I used to love Campbell's mushroom soup that was my if I you know what? That might be my last meal. Here's wheat flour and Campbell's soup. Just so you know, they changed the recipe, by the way, for Campbell's soup. You know when you used to buy it and you would dump it into the pot and it would go bloop, come out in one big solid chunk? Now it's not like that because I decided one day, I was like, I want some Campbell's mushroom soup, even if it's just three bites, like just three bites of it. I just wanted to have it again. I bought it, went to make it, and I noticed that I couldn't pour it out of the can anymore. It just kind of sludged out. And then when I made it, it didn't taste the same. It didn't have the same taste. Flavor was totally different. And then I looked it up, I did some research. Yeah, they changed their recipe. They they eliminated something and added something else or whatever. But so if those of you have noticed that Campbell's mushroom soup is different than it used to be is because it is. <laughs> 
Anyway, so, but I've accidentally consumed it and it's really not fun. And you know, I don't want to like share too much because I don't want to like gross you guys out, but it's like I can eat it. So say I have like, this is actually an exact scenario. I bought an organic mushroom soup one time and in my head, I didn't even think that there would be wheat in it, even though like Campbell's mushroom soup does, but it, it was an organic soup. I didn't even think about it. Anyway, I made the soup, ate it fine. And about midnight, I started to feel like I ate it like eight o'clock at midnight. I started to feel electrified, almost like I had like a whole like pack of Red Bull. Like what the hell is going on? Didn't put two and two together. Went to bed that night. Didn't sleep a freaking wink. And you know, when you, you're, you can't sleep at night, you get anxiety because you're like not sleeping and you have shit to do the next day. And you're just like, it makes it worse. It's like a snowball effect. I did not sleep, not a wink. My, I think my immune system, anyway, the next day, as I was making breakfast, I thought, wait a minute. I grabbed the can out of the garbage and what do you know, third or fourth ingredient, wheat flour. I was like, frick. So it's the first time I kind of like poisoned myself with wheat after, and then I had a full on like allergic reaction. That was the first stage, <laughs> was no sleep. Um, not only did I have no sleep, but also I had really bad cramping in my gut. But it, it didn't extend to more than just gut issues. And you know, you can like imagine what else happened, but it was definitely interesting. And I don't make that mistake anymore. And it has happened since where I'm like eating something. I'm like, oh shit. I ordered a pizza in Texas one time and I asked for gluten-free they brought me the pizza and it looked too fluffy to be gluten-free because gluten-free pizza crust is like this thin and uh, I said to them oh uh, I ordered the gluten-free pizza and she's like it is gluten-free hun like we make really good gluten-free crust blah 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 so I was like okay so I'm with my mom actually and I'm eating a piece and I just know that it's not gluten-free I could taste that it's bread like I can taste it so I go walk back to the kitchen and I've already eaten a slice because I'm just trying to convince myself that no, like she doubled, like reassured me that it's gluten-free. So I walked back there and I said, hey, I just want to um, ask a question about the uh, the pizza. And the guy assumed he's like, oh yeah, or my gluten-free pizza. And he's like, oh yeah. Oh, let me guess. This, the crust is really thin and hard and burnt. And I was like, anyway, this guy had like a rotten attitude. Right that. And I was like, no, no, actually it's like really fluffy and I'm worried that it's not gluten-free. Right. And luckily I'm not celiac. Like luckily I don't have an allergy. So he grabs it. No, Nope, that's not gluten-free. So he took it back and I was like pissed because I'd eaten a slice, which I'm now going to have to figure out how I'm going to deal with. We have a big dinner that night and I'm going to be bloated as hell from it. You know, like this is shitty. <laughs> it's wrong. And so he comes back out. Hey, really sorry about that. Puts our pizza down. Already I'm feeling like shit. Not like physically, mentally. I'm like, oh. I'm going to have to go through this. I, like, I, should I go puke it up pretty much? Because I don't want this in my body. <laughs> After that, they wanted to still charge us for the pizza. And I was like, <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry, uh, not charging me for the pizza. Like, that's pretty ridiculous. And I'm pretty like kind and sweet person. That's bullshit. <laughs> so long story short, I did wind up going to the bathroom and like trying to puke it up. I probably got half of it up because it's just an unpleasant experience and, and I was fine for the dinner, but you got to be careful sometimes. Those people that are celiac that are eating out, you know, I'm sure that they've learned their lessons, but know what they're doing, but you can't really trust the servers even that they know what they're doing. Woo! I am burning up. I need my fan, but I don't want to disturb you with the sound. So you're welcome. I'm just sweating here. I guess the construction is booted back up again. So if you can hear that, that's what's going on. Okay, I was asked, oh wait, did I finish all my facts? I got off on a tangent. Let's see, what's worth? Oh <laughs> yeah, this one was, 
kind of shocking. Uh, children's medicine once contained morphine. If you were a baby in the middle of the 1800s and you cried while teething, your parents might have given you Mrs. Winslow's soothing syrup. <laughs> this medicine claimed it soothes the child, it softens the gums, and allays all pain. It may have done plenty of soothing, but it was also extremely dangerous. This concoction, like many patent medicines of the time, contained morphine. Uh, how much morphine? I don't know, but give me some of that. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I've actually never been on morphine, you know, for like an injury or something. So I don't know what it's like, but highly addictive. Could you imagine if like your kid is teething and, and then suddenly you give them the stuff and then they're, they're like, they become addicted to it. So they're like, oh, mommy, my teeth, my teeth. And then you're like, all your teeth are in. You're 12. I'm like, I need some more of the syrup. <laughs> okay, that's the last fact I'm going to read. Who is my celebrity crush? None of you asked that. Maybe you had actually, but I haven't noticed. Who is my celebrity crush? Okay, so guy and girl. I'll be totally honest. I am not a beefcake lover. I don't like really muscular, attractive guys. Like, I think that they're beautiful, but that doesn't turn me on. Like, I don't like that. So a crush is kind of like, I consider a crush more of like what you'd want to jump. <laughs> You know what I mean? And for me, that said that I don't like beefcakes, I used to really be into The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, back in the WWF days. Was it WWE or WWF? Anyway, so back in the day, and he had his like signature like eyebrow raise. And my brother was into watching it, so that's why I was watching it. I wasn't really into wrestling, but that's how I knew about him. But since then, I've kind of like lost my, my interest. Sort of. But recently, I watched Disney's Jungle Cruise, and I know I'm an adult, but it looked really good. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of like Indiana Jones slash like Jumanji. And of course, The Rock is the main character in this movie. And after watching this movie, you guys, it's reignited my crush on The Rock. I think just, I don't know what it is. Like, even though he is super beefy in this particular movie, like Jungle Cruise movie, he's not like shirtless and like, like that kind of guy, even though he's still ripped, he's playing a different kind of character, not like a super strong, like muscly, you know what I mean? So I appreciated that. So at this moment, um, definitely The Rock. Before my reignited crush uh, for guys, I would definitely say, okay, there is a character in a movie and he is, okay, well, I, okay, Jason Momoa, bad boy, scarred up, man hands. I love, I love that guy too, but there's a character in a movie and I'm trying to remember what this guy, I don't even know this guy's name or what the movie was, but he is probably it for me. I'm going to write down, I got to find this movie. I also really like Christoph Waltz. <laughs> He's my old man crush. I like him. Okay, girls, definitely Margot, Ro Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. She is just stunning. But you know what? She had some sort of procedure or like some sort of plastic surgery that changed. It like changed her eyes or something changed about her face. Because I can go to old photos of her, like when she did Wolf of Wall Street, I think. That's the one where I fell in love with her totally. But she's had something done to her face. She's still gorgeous and stunning, but something is different. It's like Matt Damon. I just saw him on Hot Ones. I just watched him eat Hot Wings. You know that show Hot Ones on, uh, I think it's now, they changed the name of it. Anyway, so he's eating Hot Wings, you know, like there's 15 of them and he's got to get through them and talk to the guy interviews him. Something's different about his face too. And I notice these things. Like I notice very small details like this. His face or something about his nose or something's different about his face. Anyway, so Margot before like pre-surgery or <laughs> whatever she had done, definitely. And um, who else comes to mind? There is somebody. Who is it? Marilyn Monroe. 
And I know that we can never be together. <laughs> but just her personality, her body, everything about her is just to be admired. So I'd say Marilyn first and then Margot Robbie. And guess what? I ordered a fake Christmas tree. But there is something very special about this tree. I bought this Christmas tree. It's from Balsam Hill, which is the place to buy trees. This tree that I bought has something called the Twinkly Lights Show. So it's a nine foot tree, because I have vaulted ceilings. So nine foot tree, pre-lit, but it does a twinkly light show. And this tree, you guys, is my dream come true. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm serious. Like it's supposed to arrive, I think tomorrow. <laughs> like shit. Now just store this like 500 pound tree. It's actually supposed to be pretty light, easily put together. You just like stack it and it like plugs into itself and like all that fun stuff. Obviously all the lights are LED and you can connect your phone to your tree and you can choose from like hundreds of different variations of colors and actions. So there's like a tree setting or a setting where you can have like candy cane lights and it like goes red red and white and red and white all the way down the tree. And you can take a photo of your tree um, with the lights on. It does like this calibration thing where it like detects where all the lights are. And then you can on the app, draw on the tree what you want to write on there or what you want to draw. So if you do like a rainbow or you can write a three letter word like mom on the tree. And I don't know if you can sync it to music, which would be awesome. But yeah, I wasn't gonna, not gonna be unappreciative if you can't. <laughs> that would be crazy. This tree does everything besides dance and whistle. <laughs> it is so exciting. And because I bought it in July, wait a minute, <laughs> it's August. Because I bought it kind of in the summer off season, uh, right now, I think I saved a couple hundred dollars on the tree. I think it was 200 bucks I saved. So, oh my God, if you're in the market for a tree, Balsam Hill, this is going to make Christmas magical. So don't worry, you'll see it eventually when I, <laughs> could you imagine I just set the tree up? Just have it up all year. But this way too, like I don't have to wait for, to get your tree, you can set it up December 1st and take it down January 31st, you know? <laughs> no, actually I kind I take it down after New Year's, but who knows? It's so pretty that I might just leave it. I don't know. What is a hobby that you've always wanted to try? I have always wanted to try making pottery. So I own a lot of beautiful mugs, bowls, actually from a very specific artist. She's so talented and like seamless and the color she uses, gorgeous. She doesn't even stamp her work. Like there's no way to tell that it's her making it. So I thought, oh, interesting, because I seek out her stuff. She has like a sale, I think once a month where she creates new stuff. She goes online and then posts everything and people just buy it up like right away. My point is, is that I would love to try to make pottery. I've always wanted to take a class. Whenever I find out that there has been, like it's, oh yeah, it ended last month and she's not doing another class for like six months. And I'm like, Phew. I just want to learn how to make a bowl. And you know what the problem is with me is I get really into new projects. That's why I have a YouTube channel <laughs> and a podcast because I will really want to get good at it and just keep doing it until I can like make things the way that I want. Because I have ideas for colors and all different kind of neat things that would be a bit different. But I don't have a kiln. I don't have like the spin table. I don't know anything about anything. And I need to take a class. Like I could order all the stuff and then just try to teach myself how to do it. But that's kind of dumb, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm self-taught on the guitar and the piano and stuff. I could probably learn from YouTube. You know that? I could probably get my stuff and then watch like step-by-step -step videos on how to create pottery. But then I don't want to own all the stuff and then hate it. You know what I mean? And then have to sell all the stuff. So anyway, have you made pottery? Is it fun? It looks fun. And I did watch the great 
pottery race or whatever. It's like some UK show that I found on Netflix. <laughs> and it's like, no, sorry, Apple TV. And um, the great pottery race, something like that. And so interesting, like they have a challenge to make a tea set or egg cup holders or toast stand or whatever. And then to see everybody's take and creation on one thing, super amazing. The possibilities are kind of endless. I'm super into it, but I haven't even tried it. Another hobby, I think it'd be really fun to do like macrame because I have a lot of it in my house. I love it. I think it's super retro and it's definitely coming back, but it's beautiful and intricate. And it's just like a series of knots. I thought it was more like crochet, but it's not. It's more just a series of knots. And I don't know, man, it's something else I'd like to do. Do you have any? things you want to try. Painting is also something I'd like to get into. I was a professional artist, but my medium were, was markers. So I was never using paint. So if I were to enter a competition, people would be like, oh, you're an artist. Like you have an advantage. No, I've tried painting and it's totally different. It's definitely totally different. Okay. Another thing that freaks me out sometimes that I think about often is outer space and the thought of traveling into outer space. And if you had the opportunity to do that, would you? Do you have a desire to be up in space? Because for me, I am an adventurous soul and I like to try different things. Of course, after my sister does it first, but just the thought of the permanence of being up in space, like one thing goes wrong and you're just up there forever. There's no coming back down. And just the va like the vacuum, thought of something breaking the vacuum of like, losing all your oxygen, freezing to death. Earth is is the safe place to be. But there are people that would gladly go and travel to the moon and live there forever. You know, civilizations on Mars or something, you know, where people are like, oh God, I would go in a second. And I'm like, I don't think I would. I think I mostly would be freaked out about dying. Like that's my biggest fear is something going wrong, right? And then not being able to get back. And the likelihood of things going wrong is so high. Like if you think about all the rockets that Elon Musk has lost just from like minor error, like one little thing goes wrong and they spend millions and millions of dollars on these things. They don't want them to, like they're doing their best to keep them together, right? And if you didn't know this, which I only knew <laughs> recently where, you know, SpaceX is launching satellites on their rocket ships and then they're landing back on earth. Back in the day, they used to put things up into space and then just like it became space junk. <laughs> they couldn't get it back. But anyway, what was my point? Yeah. So SpaceX and Elon, whatever, I don't know, they, you know, put a lot of effort into getting their product back down on Earth. And even they screw it up. I mean, they're not manned crap. Like they're not, there's not a guy on there like flying the thing. So it's less crazy if the, the thing explodes because nobody's dying. But like they, there's shit that still goes wrong all the time. I mean, shit goes wrong on airplanes still. And <laughs> they've been around for a while. Um, but yeah, the whole space thing definitely freaks me out. I almost feel like I go into like a deep meditation when I start thinking about space and how vast it is and like how it just keeps going how it just doesn't end is that even possible but we don't know you know what I mean I don't want to like get too deep into it and like leave my body thinking about it it's just a interesting thought would you go into space would you risk it all for a good view to see if the world is really round <laughs> for all you flat earthers out there anyway that's that. Now it's time for a segment that I like to call Kitty Twisters. You guys want to hear how this sounds when I drink it without a straw? That is some class right there. Slurping is definitely the classier thing to do. 
Okay, so Kitty Twisters is a segment where I go online and find jokes that make me chuckle, laugh. Some of them don't, but they're kind of sick. And some of them I don't get right away. But anyway, we're just along for the ride. And these are sick jokes. So trigger warning if you happen to be offended by sex jokes, dirty jokes, swearing, or laughing. (laughs) My neighbor has been mad at his wife for sunbathing nude. I personally am on the fence. <laughs> I personally am on the fence. I was just thinking about a glory hole. Like I meant to do this like with binoculars, you know, he's spying on the wife. But then when I went like this, I kind of felt like it looked like a glory hole. <laughs> and you were standing behind the fence. Why did the squirrel swim on its back? To keep its nuts dry. <laughs> okay, this one's sick. What's the difference between a genealogist? <laughs> What's the difference between a genealogist and a gynecologist? A genealogist looks up the family tree. A gynecologist looks up the family bush. (laughs) What does Pinocchio's lover say to him? Lie to me, lie to me, lie to me. (laughs) Um, Dear NASA, your mom thought I was big enough. Pluto. (laughs) How does a woman scare a gynecologist? By becoming a ventriloquist. You can take that one however you want. A family is driving behind a garbage truck when a dildo flies out and thumps against the windshield. Embarrassed and trying to spare her her young son's innocence, the mother turns around and says, Don't worry, dear. That was just an insect. Wow, the boy replies. I'm surprised it could get off the ground with a cock like that. (laughs) Yeah, I think I read this one before, but in case you missed it, what does one saggy boob say to the other saggy boob? If we don't get some support, people will think we're nuts. This is a classic joke that you guys can just whip out anytime. Ready? Do you want to hear a joke about my penis? Never mind. It's too long. (laughs) I would laugh really, really hard. What does a perverted frog say? Rub it. This one's really gross. What does a nearsighted gynecologist and a puppy have in common? A wet nose. (laughs) I'm so sorry for that one. Okay. What's better than roses on your piano? Tulips on your organ. What the hell? What do you call a cheap circumcision? A ripoff. 69% of people find something dirty in every sentence. (laughs) I wonder what my parents did to fight boredom before the internet. I asked my 17 brothers and sisters and they didn't know either. Having sex in an elevator is wrong on so many levels. (laughs) An Australian kiss is the same as a French kiss, but down under. (laughs) Hey, you want to give me an Australian kiss? What's that? I'll show you later. (laughs) A woman walks into a bar and asks the bartender for a double entendre, so he gives it to her. I got a DVD on how to improve your foreplay. I had to fast forward through the boring bit at the beginning. (laughs) I really didn't tell that one, right? Story of my life. Well, that concludes episode 18 of Kitty Liquor. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. I am Cat Wonders, your host. And I also have a $5 OnlyFans and an a Patreon that starts at five bucks a month. Those will be linked down below if you want to see hundreds of videos for $5 on Patreon. And uh, like this video.
<laughs> you can like this video if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon, you name it. It's everywhere. So uh, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And uh, just know there is a video version on YouTube where you can see all the action happening before your very eyes. And also get all the info down in the description box. So please like this video if you're watching and uh, subscribe so you don't miss my future videos. Uh, and like I said, you can find all of my podcasts everywhere else. And don't forget to send your questions, comments, no dick pics, please, <laughs> to kittylickerpodcast at gmail.com. Um, even like a little audio question so that I can play it here and almost have you on as like a guest, <laughs> you know, where I would have somebody here asking me questions and like banter back and forth, but we're going to do it the new way <laughs> where you send me stuff. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, if you have any questions, you can also just email me uh, your questions or jokes. Uh, yeah. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And of course, I'll be back next week with another podcast and uh, or catch me on any of my other platforms. Those are linked down below as well or in my next bikini video. Otherwise, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you all another day. Bye.